0: Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode seven of the Embrace the Awkward podcast. Where we have only one, maybe not only one, but we have one main goal in mind, and that's to help you handle awkward better. Kyle, how are you today? Good.
1: Uh, I have a, a game for you, if oh, you're no. okay with that. Oh, no. It's called Guess the Definition. Oh, no. So I'm going to share a word, Okay. All right, and then you have to kind of guess what do you think the definition is. And it's from the Urban Dictionary, so this is common language that okay. all the young folk okay. is speaking these days. Okay. okay, you ready? All right, I'm ready.
0: First one is Bet. Oh, that's like yeah for sure
1: yeah that's that's correct all right one point yeah for sure bet I thought it was like betting something but no it's like for sure
0: how about this is a hard one yeet oh yeet is is so it's such a versatile word it is um so Sunday Cool has a there's a great Sunday Cool video shout out to the Sunday Cool folks if yep. you haven't seen that. Um. Uh, so yeet could be like if you're throwing an empty can down a hallway full of people. Is I think where that term developed from. Yeah. Um. Yeet can be like uh, when you're hitting someone. Yeet can be like when you're doing something really dumb. Um. Yeet, it's a very versatile word. It is. It can be used anywhere. In fact,
1: urban Diction <coughs> Urban Dictionary would say that there is no te- technically no definition, but it started as a basketball term. Is a basketball player yeeting
0: or throwing a basketball wow. from halfway court? Wow! Half court. So I used to spend. Term. I used to spend hours at the gym after school yeeting, yeeting. basketball. <laughs> right. Apparently, right? Wow, that's I, funny. Uh,
1: someone has told me once that they yeeted their lunch, and I was like, "You threw your yeah. lunch?" He goes, "No, I got sick and I threw up." But that's a term for oh, no. <laughs> throw up now. Oh, so yeeting could gosh. be anything. <laughs> Last one a simp oh. S I
0: M P Yeah so a simp would be let's use a TikTok for an example Kay. so a simp would be somebody who watches a TikTok and knows nothing about the person but immediately falls in love like if if you're like if I watch a TikTok and I'm like ha ah, I'm a simp I'm simping
1: wow wow okay that's that's a very unique definition but it fits so I originally thought I just learned this this summer I have to be honest okay. I didn't know what a simp was and I thought it was short for simpleton right that someone's dumb or, or stupid or whatnot, but actually it has nothing to do with that. So I actually had to look this up because uh, someone was a high school student was calling another high school student a simp, mm. and that other person got really offended. And I just laughed like, "Oh, you're not dumb. You know, you're very smart. You have, you have right. thirty points on your ACTs." <laughs> so it actually is the definition: a man who foolishly overvalues and defers to a woman, putting her on a pedestal. Wow. So I would say in my day, it would be, he's whipped.
0: Whipped, yeah, that's prob- that's, that's, how that's how I would describe
1: it, but it's I think a little bit more complicated than that, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's a good way to but do it. But the TikTok it. example so, is a great example. Yeah, for sure. So today what we're talking about, most, they're, they're not most, but there's a large majority of, of youth pastors, youth workers that are of a younger generation or not under the classification of old yet. Um, meaning a lot of them have either young kids or don't have kids yet, are still in a dating or, or marriage phase of life. And so how do you guide parents? How do you talk to parents and help parents? How do you be responsible for kids alongside with parents and team up with them when you don't have teenagers?
1: Yeah, so full disclosure, both DJ and I are not parents of kids. My oldest is seven years old. Right, and my oldest, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it is always an awkward moment when parents sometimes ask for advice or expect advice from you or maybe even expect that you don't know anything because you're not a parent Mm -hmm. of a teenager. So how do you wrestle with that? And this might be a very crude example, and so I apologize if if this is more on the uh, direct side. But I also look at Jesus. Jesus was never a parent too. So does that mean that we should not listen to Jesus when it comes to parenting? Of course not. That's a silly example. On oh, we would never skip out Jesus because he never experienced it before. Right. So we look to Jesus as our example of how to live, of why we do what we do as part of our identity, how we parent, help to improve our marriage. Scripture is a uh, is a, the best tool to help with that. So I think just because you have not been a parent doesn't mean you can't contribute to right. helping out parents who are teenagers. Yeah. So uh, what's some advice we would talk about? What some concerns, some things to, maybe some messy waters to navigate through. That's what this episode is all about today. Uh, And the first thing that I would share is your experience does not have to match what you bring to the table. Mm. And what that means is I don't have to smoke a cigarette to know that it's going to lead to lung cancer. Sure. Um, Just because you haven't experienced it directly yourself... (laughs) doesn't mean you don't have anything to contribute. And I think if you come in with that mindset that you're not replacing the parent, that you not you don't know better than what the parent does, but you can bring a different perspective, a different outside-the-box view, or maybe the teenager shares a little bit more with you because right. you're not their parent, and then you can come alongside of a parent and help them out. So this is a perfect opportunity to
0: handle awkward better. Right. I think that in a lot of cases, the kids or your students maybe see you as an advocate for them to the parent, and the parents sometimes hopefully see you as an advocate for them and their relationship with their student. Um, And so I think, yeah, there's there's so much importance here. And so, you know, Kyle, you kind of said if you go in with this mindset, and I think that's one thing, one piece of advice that I would give right off the bat is something that is always said in conversation with parents. Um, You can always hear me say, Speaking as someone who's not a parent, (laughs) um, I acknowledge right off the bat that I'm not a parent, Um, and because, like, there needs to be a precedent set, like, I'm not going to not experience it and then tell you exactly how to do it, which is not what I want to do. I want to work alongside with parents, and so um, acknowledging right off the bat that I'm not a parent, I've literally had people tell me, like, that's really cool that you acknowledge that. Like, I, I mean, people have actually said, like, I've never heard someone, like, acknowledge the fact that. They don't have a teenager, and they don't know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, like, parents always love backseat parenting,
1: right? <laughs> Saying, oh, I, I, you, this is how you do it and all that. No, of right. course they don't. <laughs> the, no one likes a backseat driver. and No one likes a backseat parent. Like, you know better just because you're not a parent.
0: Right. And look, most parents all over the world feel overwhelmed, mm. feel busy and overwhelmed. And, like, honestly, I, I mean, again, speaking as someone who's not a parent, lots of parents feel like a failure, Um, Mm. I know even from the outside and I know from watching my parents that parenting is hard. I know I gave my parents a good run. Oh, I Um, definitely did for sure. And so, sorry, mom. (coughs) Yeah. Sorry, mom. Sorry, (laughs) grandma. Anyone kind of family (laughs) in general. Um, but, uh, yeah, parents feel overwhelmed and, and sometimes those relationships can get strained and parents can sometimes feel like a failure. And so, um, we really, there's such an importance behind teaming up with parents And oftentimes, even if you don't have kids or you don't have children that age, um, they still are looking to you for answers. Um, So you want to seize the opportunity to increase your influence with parents. Kyle, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so this opportunity um, to speak into parents, especially
1: if they're asking for help. It's mm-hmm. different than if you come alongside and you see a parent and a student fighting, or the student bashes their parents, and they're just kind of venting to you. And then you call up a parent and says, "Do you know what your son did or what right. said about you?" That's not the situation we're talking about. Right. I'm more say I'm more talking about if they're coming for advice, or they're showing up to a parent information meeting, or there's some way where there's an established relationship. What this in, what this is is a great opportunity to it, you increase your influence. With the parent and with the student, Mm -hmm. if they know and can trust you that you're on the same team, that sometimes, in fact, a lot of times I am talking to a student and I would give my advice and the student would say, that's exactly what my parents said. And they were upset because I match what the parents said on that. (laughs) And that's because most parents have common sense. They have life experience and they know more than a teenager, Mm -hmm. even if the teenager doesn't believe it. But sometimes there's that relationship that they need to hear it from a third party. So if a parent knows that you're going to back them up, maybe not in every situation, but at least in the important ones, man, you can build trust. And when you have trust with a parent, ministry is 10 times easier Mm -hmm. and more impactful. So I say seize the moment, communicate to them. Don't surprise their parents. uh, Don't surprise a parent um, and try to be open but also don't lose that trust of a student either have that conversation it's like okay do you want to talk about it or are you just venting right um there's times where sometimes it's okay for a student to share something a concern that it's not a bad or dangerous thing that the parent doesn't necessarily need to know about and that's mm-hmm. a scary thing for a youth pastors to navigate those waters to see when do you share a parent when you don't so i have three rules on when Something should be involved, whether that is reporting to DHS or or getting parents involved or the police or whatever else. If a student is hurting themselves, a student is planning on hurting someone else or someone is hurting the student. That's when okay, it's no longer a confidentiality issue. it's now a legal, dangerous issue. So that's a little crazy a side note, but you have to learn to those uh kind of I would say surf those waters if you will. But, man, parents are stressed out, like you said, overwhelmed. And if you can help them and maybe be a cultural missionary and share a little about some terms that they might not know Mm -hmm. or one of the reasons why or being a teacher about social media, man, parents will learn to come alongside you even more. Mm-hmm. which means more involvement, more help, more support,
0: which is good for everyone. Yeah, and as as you're building that trust, and this is, I mean, conversations with parents are so important, and them knowing you and you building that trust is so important, because this generation, this millennial Gen Z generation that's in high school and a little bit older, are the most politically engaged generation of this age group. Yes, ever, ever. <laughs> ever. They are the most, um, even if they're Their education is still based off of their parents or it's based off of someone else. They're educating themselves more than any other generation at this age has done. And parents are trying to figure out how to do that. So, and, and, you know, Kyle, you said social media, like parents are learning social media at the exact same pace their kids are. Their kids are taking it in more, but the parents are learning how to not only parent social media, but how to use it in general. Um, and so I think acknowledging, I mean, just acknowledging some of these things and building that trust is so, so important.
1: And if a parent can look to the church or the youth ministry or the youth worker as a resource mm. to help with understanding culture, understanding teenage-ish, <laughs> whatever it is, man, right. that's going to serve you very well. So you need to be a, st- a student of culture. You need to be a, uh, a student of uh, even psychology Uh, where faith development in teenage life, um, Mm -hmm. how generations, those kind of things that parents don't naturally research, you can be that person for them and give them kind of the cliff notes version and help them. Right, for sure. So one thing that a youth worker could do to kind of help parents is not just be a student of culture and all that um, and not just be a mentor to their teenager – But they could also provide resources to parents. Um, So I I tend to share articles with our monthly newsletter to our youth ministry. And I always have some kind of parent um, power. uh, I think I call it the power uh, parent tip. Um, And basically I share an article, an upcoming trend. I shared a lot of COVID stuff this year. Um, But I would also say provide a website of uh, website links for parents to look to. Uh, bring in maybe some guest speakers, some parenting gurus, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and have them come and share. Give some tips, uh, particularly on how to help uh, grow a teenager's faith to parents in that. So you can provide a whole bunch of resources but with very little cost and very little effort and time on your end. And all you have to do is just make a a, re- a website link bank, uh, mm-hmm. bank and you're ready to go. So I would say that is a good thing to special uh, to start with, especially if you're two years into youth ministry or less. Mm-hmm. Start collecting links that parents would need to understand um, youth culture. So uh, access.org is a, one of the best cultural um, Christian websites where... You sign up, and I think it costs money, but you can have a parent, and they can basically give you a cultural tip every week mm. on here's the new trend. Here's They were, were predicting TikTok six months before
0: it became hugely popper, popular. So those kind of websites is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that, like, resourcing, so every series that we teach in the youth ministry, I send out um, a booklet that's either available for pickup or um, you can get it in your email. Um With it's got like questions for the week about the lesson, and there's just some other things for discipleship at home. Then it's always got articles in it, Um, and this one that we're talking through right now, um, the first series we're talking about, just a teaser for any of my kids who listen to. We're talking about how um, we always have hallmark quiet time pictures in our mind, like we want to be quiet, but uh, with God, but it doesn't always look like that. And sometimes it's okay. God would rather have us go to Him with our really upset questions than He would us walk away. And I think parents sometimes picture this, like, perfect Bible study quiet time with their family of discipleship at home, sitting down, gather at a table while dad reads from the Bible, and then they talk about the story and have this great breakthrough, and the whole family cries. That doesn't really happen very often, (laughs) if it happens at all. Right, right. Um, And there's that expectation. And so being able to resource parents, and I said in this booklet, you know, um, that doesn't happen a whole lot. And that's not something to be ashamed of that you can't gather around the table and read from the Bible every single night in a super calm way. Yeah. Um, you can have realistic expectations for your family. And so <clears throat> another thing that, that I would share, Kyle, um, is that, you know, when you're dealing with students and parents, there are very different perspectives. And so you can be a different a different or separate perspective for the student and for the parent. Um, you can you can find a, a balance between, like, you don't want to diss on a parent and just right. disagree with what they say, um, but you also don't want to, like, always be like, your kid's right, you're a terrible parent, or, or be like, yeah, you're I mean, yeah, your parents are totally right and you have no place in this and you need to just be submissive to your parents. Like, yeah, you're a terrible <clears> child. Right, you're, you're not really <laughs> doing anything in that, and so... It always serves you well, yeah. Right, and so, you know, um, empathy is such a thing that is... is kind of a weird thing in culture today, I think, but helping people see from from the other side of it and say, like, you know, I know you're frustrated that you don't get to go with your friends to, I don't know, the arcade, skate park, whatever kids go to these days. Um, I I think empathy is a
1: lost skill set that less and less teenagers are growing up with that. (laughs) And I don't know why we don't have to get into it today, but that empathy is so important on can you understand what it's like being in someone else's
0: shoes Mm -hmm, for sure. And, and that's where, you know, if a a kid says, Hey, I'm really upset because my parents won't let me go to the football game. It's like, I get that. I understand a a million percent. I think, you know, I would want to go to that football game so bad, but then say like, you know, I'm also looking at it from your parents' perspective and seeing like COVID is rampant and your friends don't wear masks or don't do this, or your friends have been here, 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 whatever, and, like, they may have a piece of information that you might not, or you might have something, and you can, I mean, you don't have to enter into the middle of a fight, but you can help both sides kind of see the different perspective, and, um, Mm, just, just a quick story, I remember there was a a parent that one of my jobs that, um, I would say is the typical helicopter parent, um, one million percent, um, and uh, th- this kid, what he did to just sit and relax was something that I used to do in high school. Where I would like put a hood up on my hoodie, and I would go sit on the couch and listen to music with headphones in. I'd be in the living room, or mm-hmm. I might maybe I'm in my room, but I just sit with headphones in, just sit and listen to music silently. And the mom mom thought this was a really destructive habit. Oh, and just thought it was really wrong, but it was his relaxation, mm-hmm. and that wasn't being communicated, that this is the way that he could kind of get an escape and relax and just spend some time not doing anything. And to her, it was he hates the family and he doesn't want to be around any of us. Um, and, I mean, I had to sit down with the kid and the parent together, which is awkward. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's extremely yes. awkward. Now you're a um, mediator. <laughs> right, which maybe wasn't in your job description, and we'll talk about that at another episode. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's awkward, but it's fruitful conversation when, when the kid can go, I didn't know that that's how you took it. And the parent can go, I didn't know that's what you were you were doing. Um, you know, being able to mediate in that way can be so beneficial for not just the parent-student relationship, but the student's relationship with you, the parent's relationship with you, which ultimately um, is just going to, you know, if you're driving kids to Christ, that's, I mean, that's the ticket. You can have more influence and you can have more powerful ministry for sure.
1: Yeah, and probably the last thing we just wanted to share um, for on how to navigate the parent-youth worker or youth influencer relationship um, is you need to be an encourager, not just to students. That's a, That comes naturally. That's his passion. But you need to be an encourager to parents. Mm-hmm. Um, every year I get in front of parents. We have like a senior banquet where the graduating seniors are celebrated and all that, and I'm with parents and the seniors. There hasn't been a year yet in my 16 years of youth ministry <laughs> where I haven't said, basically, job well done. They've graduated. You've made it to it. Because parents, like you said earlier, they're doubting if they did this right and they have good intentions and, and they're wondering if they should have said this differently or been stronger on this or whatever else. And sometimes they just need to hear it, that they fulfilled their job and they raised their children And now the children are leaving, Mm -hmm. and that's okay, and it's hurtful, and it's messy, and you're proud and sad at the exact same time. But sometimes if the youth worker who's not involved on a daily basis with those teenagers can encourage the parent and just acknowledge the reality that it's okay that you have uh, a roller coaster of emotions going on right now, Mm -hmm. but you did it. And thank you for all the things that the student doesn't even know what you did for them. And so that those are always a positive experience for me afterwards because I've had so many parents come up and just comment that they're so glad and they feel good and and then you have the awkward cu- uh, hug. Now I'm not a hug, okay? So I, I, that's just not my Pre-COVID. Yeah, the pre-COVID pre COVID, yeah, pre COVID awkward, awkward hug. Exactly. People I, who aren't huggers are saved by COVID. We'll do I a, mean- yeah, we'll do a, po- a positive. <laughs> uh, COVID podcast. That sounds awesome. Um, but yes, (laughs) not hugging has been awesome, uh, in this COVID situation. And so there's always that awkward time where like you're a parent that goes into a hug. I mean, I don't know how many times, um, I am, I hug a person because I thought they were leaning into a hug and really they weren't. Uh. And yes. that's an awkward moment for me. Yeah. It's one of the most awkward moments for, in my ministry and it happens easily on a yearly basis. Yep. So, um, sometimes there's some
0: negative consequences of
1: encouraging parents. Yeah. I'll just tell you right now. But you know, even but you need it.
0: And even to talk you know, don't wait till the end of the year. And not that you were saying that, but, right. but like yes, I literally so had a parent within the last year say, like, man, it would be nice to know that my kid is normal every once in a while. Like for you to go, Hey, your kid, you know, I loved hanging out with with John tonight or, you know, something like that and just say like, hey, um, Sam had great con- contribution to the small group tonight. And he's really I think that that like parents are like, oh, wow, they're going to they're getting something from it.
1: So I have a youth worker that I've always wanted to steal this idea. I just haven't gone around to doing it yet. Um, but he literally takes one youth a week or a month or every couple of weeks and he sits down and he writes the parent this huge long email just doting on this student and how awesome she is and how awesome he is and 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 specifically mentioning all the good and positive things that he sees in her or the student's youth group. And so uh, he says that has, has greased the wheels for the relationship between parents and youth mm-hmm. influencer more than anything else just because sometimes a parent doesn't always hear how awesome their student is. Sure. Um, and you kind of yeah. need that. Uh, and so that's a final idea that I would share. It's not my idea, but just do you pick a, a student once a month and you send a parent and you just be a genuine, authentic, but really full email of how cool their student is and how well they're doing in youth, youth group.
0: Yeah. Genuine, authentic. Those are things that, that we take seriously here at the Embrace the Awkward podcast. And we are so glad that you joined us for this episode. We hope you got just some little nuggets that can uh, help you and and just grow in your ministry that can help and encourage you. Um, be sure to check us out on Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Send us a question if you got it.
1: Yeah, leave a comment. We'd love to know what topics do you want to discuss too.
0: Yeah, for sure. We want to hear from you. If you've had an awkward story, go ahead and share it on our Facebook community group at the Embrace the Awkward Podcast. We want to hear about the awkwardness of life because, you know, it's fun to know we're not the only ones, right? We're not yes. the only people that <laughs> are— getting awkward that situations. <laughs> So thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. <laughs>